Hey guys, welcome to our final Untucked episode of 2023. Today we are going to discuss withdrawal rates in retirement. This is prompted by a viral video from Dave Ramsey. Um, so we spend a little bit of time on that and then we are going to discuss behaviors of ours or others that may have changed since COVID. And then our final top five is top five worst professional sports logos. Thanks for rocking with us all year. We appreciate all of you listening and we're looking forward to, to a great 2024. Happy holidays. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 94 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. This is Jeff. So just bear with me because this is kind of a longer fun fact. Um, but you ever like think about why like every performer has like a Christmas song or a Christmas album? Like they all do it. Obviously, it's so that they can make money, right? Like Ariana Grande, Britney Spears, Michael Bublé. Everybody does. Mariah, obviously, you would know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Bublé regrets it. Does he? He said it almost ended my career, but that's a tangent. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. But because holiday songs are classics, the copyrights for composition rights have often lapsed, are owned by the public, or never existed at all. So that means that when an artist performs a Christmas song, instead of the copyright holder and the performer needing to be paid, just the performer gets paid. Oh. So they make a ton of money because the songs are so old, nobody has rights to them anymore. Can you buy the rights to them? It's a great question, Meg. I don't oh. know. Interesting. Yeah. So creating a holiday album composed of only classics, as Mariah Carey did, was a very lucrative deal for her. So this, what you're saying is it's just a money grab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Okay. We well, think we have like people genuinely interested in singing and recording. <laughs> like they're just like so nostalgic about Christmas <laughs> that they just want to sing a Christmas song. Okay. All right. A little holiday fun fact. Yeah. Well, guys, Ooh. birds are down bad. All the things we talked about needing to happen didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, problematic because it's looking to me like they're going to have to play that extra game, which is a huge disadvantage, right? I mean, first round bye is whether you have home field or not throughout, it's a game changer. And it looks like. I mean, they could easily lose one of these last three games. Right? They're going to win out. They're going to beat the mm. Giants twice, beat the Cards. They need San Fran to lose to Baltimore. Which is possible. And they need San Fran to lose like their last game, which will be hopefully – well, it might not be meaningless to them. They need San Fran to lose too, which ain't going to happen. But they also need Dallas to lose. Sure, yeah. One game. Yep. In your scenario. Yep. Yeah. I think Dallas might have to lose two because if they have the same record now, which I believe they do, I'll I'll check my stats. Dallas holds the I think Dallas holds the tiebreak. Yeah. So if Dallas loses just one and the Eagles went out, you're 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 good. Okay. Okay. Um, they're cooked in my in my opinion. Like they're they're absolutely <laughs> cooked. And I just I say that because 
I think culturally they're broken right now. I mean, um, Hertz saying that whatever he said after the game, they, they took the, a little snippet of what he said. Like, we're not, not everyone is committed. Like he said that. That's a problem. Darius Slay saying that, like, well, I, this, was, this was like two or three games ago. Like, well, I played a good game, like, because the defense was, was terrible. Well, I, I, played, I played well. Like, that, those kinds of comments coming out, you're cooked. You're absolutely, you needed to be lucky to kind of hide that stuff, which they were. And now they're just, wheels have fallen off. Jason Kelsey with penalties, that never happened. Hertz has guys wide open, not even looking at them. A.J. Brown can't jump up and catch a freaking, um, uh, what, what do you call it, like a jump ball from away from anyone. The defense can't stop anybody. The play calls suck. They demoted their defensive coordinator. Like, that's going to do anything three days before a game. Like, what <laughs> What are you talking? Like, they are an absolute <laughs> 100% lost cause at this point. They are a dumpster fire. You remind me of – so I usually don't do this, but I watched the post-game show with, with you know, uh, Barkan and – what was it, Brooks and Jaworski and Ruben yeah. Frank? Did you watch it? No. They were losing their minds. You're talking about after they, the after the game Monday night. Yeah, dude. As soon as they, as soon as like the interception happened, I went like this, click, and I went right to bed. But I was curious just to see these guys. <laughs> they were they couldn't contain themselves. It was it was embarrassing actually. Like grown men acting like that on a on a post game show. It's like. It was as if they were coming off the tailgate in the parking lot as fans and just yelling and screaming about everything, like you just kind of did. I don't think I'm being like an irrational, like, oh, they played bad, so I'm down on them. Like, I'm literally, like, the things that I've just said, I think are indicative of a team that's spiraling. So I think culturally they're a mess. Now, if they have a come-to-Jesus moment, right, like if Jason Kelsey punches Darius Slay in the face and like has like a half hour rant to the team and like it's possible that they turn it around I think it's highly unlikely that they do that so they're and what are they gonna do they're gonna beat the Niners in the playoffs dude the Niners are rolling people they have no chance against the Niners like I heard somebody the other, like this morning say like well I think the Niners are better like you think the Niners are better? <laughs> like, what other evidence do you know they need to see that the Niners are better, dude? Jeff Mastronardo from Westchester. First time, long time? First time, long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I have nothing other than what you guys have said. And it's just funny because ahead of the Seahawks game, we said all of those things needed to happen. And that needed to be the moment where it was like, Okay, they can save their season, not to be dramatic, but maybe it is. Yeah, no, their you're season right. at this point. And now it's like anything else feels like a band-aid, like not a solution that's going to mean playoff success because the problems just are too big. When you watch a team throw the ball 5 yards behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> and that hasn't worked all season, yet they keep doing it instead of handing it off to a running back. There's a problem. When you see defensemen try to tackle someone with one arm at their shoulders and then another person does the same thing and the guy ends up getting 25 to 35 yards, that's a problem. 
Like, that's a problem within the culture of the team. In a game that you have to win. Yeah. They're done. I'll watch every game. I'll root for them in the playoffs because they're going to the playoffs. Right. I'll want them to win. But I I feel like unless there's a there's somebody in in that locker room freaks out on somebody else, they got no chance of turning it around. Yeah, I, I gotta agree. Yeah, I'm with you. If they lose to the Giants, if they lose to the Giants, I'm not going to watch any more football. If they lose on Christmas Day, I'm done. I'm going to be there. If they lose to the Giants on Christmas Day in Philadelphia, turn in any Eagles gear I have. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm serious. <laughs> like If they lose to the Giants, I'm not going to watch the Cardinals game. I'm not going to watch the second Giants game. And I'm not going to watch the playoff game. I'm not going to do it. All right. There we have it. Uh, I mean, Flyers. Mike's like, got to have some good stuff yeah. for the Fly guys. I mean, I think we're going to pivot to the you two know, teams. You know, of the four Philly teams, I would even argue. All right, all right. <laughs> Maybe not that. that much, <laughs> but they're like eight games over 500. They're playing well. It's inexplicably winning, I would say. Well, not inexplicably. It's great goaltending they're getting. Great penalty kill. A couple of players are playing really well, but there's also a few that are not. And and their power play is atrocious. So it's like it's it's odd that their record, you know, like they're in the playoffs if it ended today, which is okay. They could obviously lose ten out of twelve and but normally you get to the end of the year and if you're in a playoff position, you typically end up making it. That's kind of the math. But I mean, they're they're fun to watch, no doubt. They're actually like now heading into overtimes and or shootouts, and you're unlike ever before. You you're, you chalk it up to a loss every other year, and now all of a sudden they've got Urson as a goalie is awesome, playing awesome, I should say. And then they got a couple young guys that are just fun, and they're working hard. They're having fun together. It is it is fun to watch because it's, it's not something I thought was going to happen. So I'll leave it there. Is this um, a coach thing? Partially. You think Torts is the one that's kind of got the culture in the right direction yeah, and got these kids believing in themselves? They're laying down, blocking shots. I mean, they're, they're playing hard, um, accountable. I mean, that's his whole thing, and, and I think he's a big part of it. Really do. Um, is he a first year? Second. Okay. And I think his his history is that he's a he's a hard ass, but he's completely honest. Every player that's they're like I, I know exactly where I stand with this guy, and I'd say nine out of ten players are like I love playing for that guy. There's one that said, you know, always is is, is in his doghouse all the time and hates him, but I think he's great. Um, what's the rumor with what's the rumors with Carter Hart? I don't know that there's active rumors. I think that... What's your speculation? That I thought he was number one trade bait for them, given given the fact or the thought that they have quality goalies in the system, which it looks like they do. In addition to Urson, they got a bunch of guys that are, are apparently really good that they have recently drafted. So he's worth a lot, like at the deadline. 
Mm. If you had to bet, are they going to move him? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Wow, he's like their generational goal. If he's healthy, I mean, if he's healthy, he's had some problems with with being hurt or sick and all that. But I think yeah, um, and I'm okay with it. I heard you mentioning that that Coots isn't playing well, but I thought he was like the one of the bright spots earlier in the year. Yeah, I just think he's he might be a little banged up. Does he have like a, another back issue? Doesn't? Nah, I mean, he's been he he's. He's struggling with something. I don't think it's his back. I don't think it's that. I just think he's generally banged up. It could be a puck off the foot kind of thing. But right. he's also slow, and he never was fast, and he's, I think, less effective than he's ever been. But he still is great, I mean, in terms of a defensive forward and a leader and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm fine with it. There's a few other players that need to pick it up. But, I mean, tuning in for all their games, it's they're fun to watch. Fun. They're fun. All right, Flyers on the uptick. Yeah, it's amazing what coaching changes does for for teams. <laughs> um, Sixers are benefiting as well from a new coach. Um, nothing dramatically different since the last time we had a pod, but playing well. Um, we looked it up today. Third in the East behind the Celtics and Milwaukee, who in any power ranking are, are you know some of the best teams in the league. Um, <clears throat> Joe's having a monster season. Um, Is this his best season? Mm-hmm. So far. Uh, so it's like, it's, you know, as critical as we should be of him at the end of last season to come back and continue to make a leap and improve is like, I think a big deal, especially a guy of his size and skill set to continue to get better is, it's just, it's, it's unique, I guess. Uh, Maxie's having a great year. Tobias he, Harris stinks. Has Maxi cooled off at all? A little bit, yeah. Although Ubre seems like he's picked yeah, so up right Ubre, where he left off, right? Ubre got hit by a car and then came back, and yeah, he's been he's been awesome uh, for them. Um, they signed him on like a cheap vet minimum deal, and he's just been great on the court. And then says all the right things, gives all of the right credit. Like, dude's an athlete, man. Oh, yeah. He's I didn't know athletic. anything about him until yeah. he got hit by a car. Yeah. Because I wasn't really watching the beginning of the season yeah. too closely. And then he got hit. Yeah. All that drama happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of his first or second games back, so I start back, I started tuning in. I'm like, man, this kid can play some ball. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, he's been a nice little spark for sure. Um, you interrupted me. Tobias Harris is the worst player in the league. And as far as I'm concerned, we could <laughs> trade him for a fax machine. <laughs> Um, so that's he, my biggest gripe. <laughs> wow. Um, He's one of the highest paid on the team, right? He might be the highest paid player Oof. on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have they, I haven't, haven't watched as closely this year. Has the offense changed at all? Like, have they, have they stopped with Joel just sitting at the three point line? Uh, in the sense, uh, in the way that Doc ran it, yes. So he still comes, he still ends up at the top of the three um, in like a secondary break, but the offense is night and day. I mean, the amount of movement that this team has that's not exclusively focused around Joe is awesome. It, it's leading to Maxi being in, you know, this position where he can run the point, but also score effectively. Um, it's probably highlighting a little bit of why Tobias is just not a great fit because they're asking him to do things that he's not good at in terms of running 
like different spots than he had in Doc's offense. Uh, but yeah, the the movements it's moving more. Joe is the focus, but not so much so. He's better passing out of double teams, and like the supporting cast is just playing better. Do you think they're going to add a piece this year? Yeah. Like they do every year, some rando. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, I do think they okay. will because it's the only chance they have to yeah. compete. I but don't. They can't compete the way they are now. <sighs> They can't beat the Celtics. They can't, they can't beat, beat the Celtics Bucks. in seven. No. Yeah. They can't beat the Bucks in seven. No. Um, they probably get to, again, the second round, and then it's just there's not enough. And and I don't know that there's anything on the market that actually changes that, which is pretty frustrating, I suppose. But Is Jimmy Butler available? <laughs> I think you ask that every time we have this discussion. <laughs> no, he's not. So, so far, so good. Cool. Yeah. I will cool. be tuning in more to the Flyers and the Sixers starting today. Yeah. You're going to the game tonight, right? I am. Nice. Yes. All right. Coach's Corner? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Dave Ramsey came under fire recently for saying that he'd be perfectly comfortable withdrawing 8% a year from his retirement portfolio um, under an assumption you can earn 12% annual- annually. Um, this lit the internet on fire. And while we could absolutely spend this entire conversation on Dave Ramsey and his irresponsible advice dispensing, um, we're choosing instead to talk about withdrawal rates and explaining kind of what they are, what that even means, and how to use that information maybe more valuably than the way that Dave presented it. We should probably start with a disclosure that we don't believe you can draw 8% annually from your investments and expect them to last over your lifetime. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You shouldn't expect that. It could happen, but you would be lucky if it did. I don't think there's any way an individual invest, investor doing it on their own, for sure, 100%, can't do it. They're going to run out, right? Because when the portfolio loses 20% and they drew 8%, they're going to move the cash, they're going to screw it up. And I would say like nine times out of 10, even if you're using an advisor, you're going to run out. 8% is too much. Well, here's Dave's level of analysis on this. We, we know this. He's on the record as saying, you should be able to get, mm-hmm. and I'm making up the number, but it's somewhere close to this, 15% a year returns in investing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, all in stocks, which is a whole other issue. But And using that logic, he goes, so 8% is perfectly doable. In fact, you can even take more probably. Like that's literally what he has said. And <laughs> obviously that ignores the fact that even if you were to average 15% returns over 10, 20, 30 years, you do not get 15% every year. In fact, there are plenty of years where it's negative and you will not avoid that. So it's an unbelievably simpleton like analysis of it of the withdrawal rate and i'll say this the the percentage part of it is also incredibly naive because like if you have a million dollars to start and eight percent is eighty thousand dollars in the first year you take eighty thousand dollars out and then the return is whatever it is i went back and just did like a quick if let's say that you started in 2000 
Okay. So you avoided. No, the market started was down that year. It was down the next year. It was down the year after that. So you had three years of, of down markets. 2000, gotcha. And so then, then you had some up markets and then you had 2008. But so at the end of, a, let's say, a 10 year period and you continue to take 8%, you're, you have like 300 and some thousand dollars at the end of that 10 year period. But 8% meant that you, you didn't started get at grand. 80. By the end of the 10 years, 8%, you're only taking $27,000. So it's it's a very different thing than just saying a percentage. Like if you need a specific dollar amount, which most people kind of, that's how they think about things. You need to also account for inflation. So you need to, you need more than 80 grand 10 years from now, let's say. But the sequence of the returns, which is a real thing and it will not change or go away. Markets are up some years, down other years require that you have a more realistic withdrawal rate than 8%, a lower one. We've back tested it with mm-hmm. 4%, which is like the, the standard the in the industry, yeah. right? The rule of thumb is 4%. And we back tested it. And I think, I think it's appropriate to back test that 4% number during a time frame where it's kind of like the worst that can possibly happen. Yeah. Like 2000 sure. and then 07, 08 happening, like that lost decade. If you can build an income plan that will last through that, me as an investor, I would feel pretty confident in that, me as an advisor as well. To just say, well, well, that might not happen again, so let's just ratchet up the percentage, I think is irresponsible. But even if, if you use 4% and back test it over that bad time frame, it devastates the portfolio. It devastates 100% stock portfolio. Mm-hmm. Like So eight, double it is like like you like you just illustrated. You have no chance. and and. and a normal person that would that would try to do that is going to freak out, right? When your million bucks turns into three hundred grand. But by, by the way, they're not even going to make it that far. They're gonna they're gonna be in cash well, well before that. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make it to t- the ten years. Yeah, I mean we we've talked about this, you know, clown before, but the the. The things that he says on his radio show or wherever, however he's talking to people are just so outrageous and so damaging and such poor advice that, that it's, 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 it's irritating. It's irritating for us to, to know that there are people taking their advice from this guy. And I mean, this particular conversation, he was adamant. Yeah. Like, if you watch the clip, he was upset that there was a question as to, well, a, like people trying to, his daughter sitting there, like visibly uncomfortable with the nature of the conversation. And he just dug his heels in. Like, beyond the fact that the information is irresponsible and can easily be refuted, he's then just going to be like a little kid and like, you know, I'm right. You're wrong. Like it's, it's, it's painful and it's, it's uncomfortable and it's like cringe. It makes his face very punchable. Yeah. Like I just want to punch him in the face. Um, Okay. So let's talk about maybe in a positive sense, what the withdrawal rate, what understanding, you know, that percentage, a safe withdrawal rate, even if we use 4% for the rule of thumb, how that can help, you know, maybe people who are working to invest and save, understand maybe a target of what they need it, it should help you get your number <clears throat> but it should be three percent or four percent right Not <laughs> right but like if you say like i need a hundred thousand dollars a year to live the lifestyle i want to live 
and you know that your social is going to be 50 grand, you need a million too. Like once you get to a million too, you can start thinking about, well, let me preface it with this. The 4% rule is based around if you retire at 60 and you take 4%, you can probably take that for the next 30 years without running out of money, which gets you into your early 90s. And there'll probably be some money left over. And that assumes that you increase that 4% for inflation every year. It also assumes a conservative, like a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds. Correct. Yes. But I think there's just so much that goes in, because I I look at our clients, most 90% of of the goal is, I want to take income from my portfolio, I want it to last my lifetime. I'd like there to be something left for my heirs or whoever when I'm when I'm gone. I don't want to watch the money go down over time. So they'd prefer to actually kind of like stay level or even grow a little bit. If that's not your goal, I believe you could take more, right? If your goal is, look, I, I don't, I, like I spoke to somebody yesterday. She was talking about, to the attorney about her son. And she's like, I want to make sure I protect the money from him, right? He's got some issues and I don't want to like have money ruin his life if he inherits a lot of money. But let me be clear. I plan to spend it. And if you plan to spend it, I don't think you have to be so rigid to that 4%. I think you can start, because I've just seen from our clients sticking with that 4% I do. I see their money just grow, right? They have more money 15, 20 years later than they did 20 years ago. And do you really need more money at 87 from when you were 67? Probably not. And I I hope you didn't, I hope you didn't, um, sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrifice or deprive yourself of anything over that 20 years or deprive any of your family members over that, over that 20 year period. Like you could have helped with education. You could have helped with weddings and and home purchases and things like that so i feel like it just requires which we do and all good advisors should do a very active approach to the income that you draw it can't just be four percent set it and forget it ratchet it up for inflation every year it has to be more active than that yeah i agree i think the the idea of you know taking more for a 60-year-old is different than a 75 or 80-year-old, right? Yep. And I think there's layers of concern and unknown that exists with a longer time horizon. But certainly as people get older, and yeah, there's, I think, a lot more, you, you, they're more comfortable with with taking more. But we see, as much as we see people maybe with more money over time, we also see people with, you know, healthcare concerns or what if my kid needs X or, you know, I want to be able to support my grandkids' education. So I think there's, like you're saying, just nuance and activity that's required to, you know, have the have the withdrawal rate be maybe secondary to like what the lifestyle requires. Um, and then what type of, you know, decrease or increase in the portfolio people are willing to stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only thing I'll add to that, kind of to your point, Jeff, about it's not just set it and it's okay. It's 4% every year, you know, whatever that is every month or quarter or whatever, you know, there are times when you need to maybe, or, or it's in your best interest to turn it off temporarily. 
if there's a severe like like during those few months of covid when you had markets that just cratered 30 percent in a really short period of time um that's a perfect scenario where if you have plan b you turn off the income from your investments source it from another place source of yeah. capital which is part of also that uh, i think a valid recommendation to have um, so that you're not forced sellers um, in a temporary downturn because that's also something that can that can cause permanent losses uh, so there's other layers to it than just getting back to dave like eight percent and you can even do more that's it end of story i think if you're going to hopefully average six or seven or eight percent or you know somewhere between five and eight percent depending on how much stock you have in the invest in, in the plan um it's just simple math right if i if i'm drawing four and i average six i'm gonna have more money i think the four percent rule we use it as like a total total return rule right where you're like it's not just we're taking dividends from the from the investments mm-hmm. Some years we like we use a lot of the dividends, and some and we use a lot of growth. Other years we we use a lot of growth, and we reinvest dividends. So, I that's a whole different approach than like the generation before us, which was like I have a million dollars, it that generates twenty thousand dollars of interest in dividends. That's all I'm taking. I don't want to touch any of it, and anything more because they they had a fear that that million dollars would go to zero, it would run out, so they would just like stocks average 10 so if your million dollars was all stock and you're only taking two percent which is dividends and interest there's another eight percent of growth that you're just you're not even participating in yeah which is a crazy way to way to take income yeah because you just owned higher dividend paying or higher uh interest yielding bonds whatever it is and that's how you you saw that as your sole source of income meanwhile that million May have stayed at a million ten years later, but after inflation, it's not worth a million. Well, how many times have you heard like I don't want to touch my principal? Yeah. yeah but yeah. like, what's principal? Your principal? Your principal is what you invested. If you have a million bucks, that means you probably invested like two hundred and fifty grand. You're using the term principal to mean like I retired. This is how much money I have now. I don't want to touch anything below that. Like, right? Right, it's an arbitrary watermark. It yeah. doesn't make any yeah. sense. So I think people have to realize. Income planning isn't just, well, I buy a bunch of stuff that creates and generates income like REITs and dividend paying stocks and high yield bonds. And that's, I just take the yield. I just take the dividends and interest from it. No, you can, you could, you don't have to limit yourself to those types of investments. You can build a nice portfolio and take a little bit less than it averages per year. Just not eight. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all to be said. The income plan obviously matters a ton, but it's it's going to be different for every person. And the the withdrawal rate can be valuable in planning for a savings target. But ultimately, when it gets to be time to use it, there's way more you need than 4%, whatever the percentage is of a portfolio base. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, we hate Dave Ramsey. Oh, dude, I can't even look at the guy. <laughs> All right. So next we are going to talk about behavior changes we've noticed in ourselves or others post-COVID. Yeah. Jeff, you brought this up. 
You want to kick us off? Well, I just remember us talking when we did the pod during COVID. Specifically, I remember Mike saying like, dude, handshakes are over. Hugs are over. Salad bars are over. <laughs> I was That's in- true. That came true. No, it's not. No, you can go to They're Whole back. Foods now. Wegmans or Whole Foods has a wide open salad bar. Uh, that was me. Salad bar was me. I was like, there's no way anyone's ever <laughs> going to a salad bar again. I go once a week. So as far as changes are concerned, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like a lot of that stuff was going to be gone forever. Um, now that some of it's back, I'm a handshake person. I'm a hug person. That's how I'm going to greet you. A hug or a handshake. I used not, a, to, not a thank you note. No, definitely not a thank you note. Maybe I'll send you a thank you note for giving me a hug. Um, I was, I was a pretty big like kiss on the cheek guy, in a greeting with people I'm very familiar with. I don't know how much I, I do that anymore. Definitely not with older people. Maybe like my younger, like my friends my age, I wouldn't hesitate. But with an older person, I'm like they're probably carrying COVID or something why do old people carry covid they get it don't they get it a lot they're always wearing you can give it to them yeah or i'm afraid to give it to them that's that's what i meant (laughs) let's spin it that way well i'll say one thing i said that early on was that you're going to see people that will never go unmasked the rest of their lives and that is true there are many people that are doing that still in the car by themselves yeah or walking outside whatever that don't don't get me started um but also one thing that I think is you just kind of brought it up like we're still talking about COVID itself, like obsessed with COVID, like the, the COVID version of the sniffles or the flu, whatever you want to call it. That hasn't gone away. Right. There's still people that are yelling and screaming, at, screaming about, you know, getting four and five boosted up for the COVID and the new COVID strains coming and. That's not changing. And I think that's here to stay. That the COVID hysteria is here to stay for, for a segment of people. I think it gets added to the list. It's flu, RSV, sure. COVID. I mean, they're the, same, they're the things that every this time of year, you know, everyone's getting sick with something. <laughs> like, it's just going to be another. And that doesn't, I don't care. That doesn't, like, bother me whatsoever. I, I, but I agree that it is going to be part of that list now and i don't want to i don't want to get anything if you have a cold oh, i don't sure. want your cold yeah if you have covid i don't my... want your covid if you have rsv or pneumonia i don't want any of it dude so like what a behavior of mine that's changed i kind of felt this way prior to covid and i feel stronger about it now post covid give me three feet maybe even four to six if i'm in line Get away from me. I hate that people are just still right next to you at the grocery store, in CVS, at a bar. Like, back up. There's a line. No one's going to no one's going to jump between you and me, right? Like everyone knows the line. I just that that behavior has, has it's it's intensified for me. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with COVID. It's like I hear you coughing, I hear you sneezing and sniffling. Like I don't want to get a cold. I got places to go. I got people to see. <laughs> so they kind of like quarantined Jalen Hurts, right? Had, had his own plane ride and all. But then he's in the huddle, mm-hmm. the sidelines. I found that funny. Did you have any thought about that? I, I, I thought about it. 
It's like it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's it, it was every it was every rule or guideline we were given given during COVID was that was that you were doing something to isolate in some way, but you were ultimately going to be brought back to the masses, like right. in some form or fashion. Um, I don't know, like personally. I mean, I I feel like hugging, you know, maybe the kissing thing. Maybe I've done less of because, like, my family is all high hug kiss. So maybe there's less of that. But I don't think I'm thinking about it. So I don't know that I've done less of it. I'm buying much less from the salad bar. Like I would do it regularly. I think I've done it maybe once or twice since COVID. I am probably, and again, these are not COVID really. This is just I don't want to get sick related. Sure. COVID maybe like maybe think about it more. It. Yeah. Um, this is a great. It's a great cocktail. Try it. No, no, I'm good. I don't want to try your drink, man. I'm good. <laughs> I'm a big share. Yeah, I don't really care to share anymore. I don't want to try your drink. I'm good. What about like you're at a party and there's a bowl of chips? I'm in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more the liquid that's got me freaked out. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how much of your drink you've backwashed and now I'm going to oh, drink God. that. But like a chip, yeah, there's probably a little urine on your hand, but whatever. It's probably dried up by the time I get to that chip. Yeah, never thought about the chip or like a bowl of nuts or anything like that. That's never bothered me. You're going to, you're going to, if I, oh, it's a great beer, Mike. Here, try some. You're going to drink it? We've never done that even before that. <laughs> so so you, uh, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be down with that? No, no. What's your take on, have you changed at all if you're sick now, if you get sick? Like if you have a cold or whatever. Are you less likely to go out now? Or it's like, I'm sick, but I'll still go to that party. Or would you, are, do you think you're like less likely to go now because of post-COVID? I'd like to think I was that way before COVID. That like if I wasn't feeling well. You wouldn't I go was out. like going to try to avoid interacting <laughs> right. with other people. Which it sounds silly, but I like to think that that's how I approach things. But I would say I'm probably more aware of it now. Or I'm more aware of other people who don't do it. Maybe that's more so where my awareness is ticked up. Okay. Like I'm around somebody who's sick and I'm like, why are you here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like to think that I'm more. Making that decision for yourself. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think I do. <laughs> like I, I wanted to go to the gym like last week. I'm, I'm making up a situation. But like if I wanted to go to the gym and I like was sick, I probably would still go. I might wear a mask. So I think that might cut it down a little bit of my like spreading germs on people. But if somebody else was sick and at the gym, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing here? Go home. Do push-ups at home. Yeah, I'm not wearing a mask. If like I, I would just not go. Just not go. Yeah. <laughs> are you less likely to get yourself around people if you're sick now or just? Yeah, probably. I mean, but, but kind of like Meg, it's – I don't know how much – specifically covid changes that yeah. part of it you just if you don't if you feel like crap you're you're not you're kind of not doing much yeah i don't know will you get in the front seat of an uber remember we couldn't get in the front seat of an uber but you could sit in the back seat <laughs> i thought you always had to get in the back seat no you could sit in the front and then covid happened and we couldn't sit in the front but you could sit right behind them i didn't know that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what i wish would change which hasn't 
post-COVID. I was at Sedona over the weekend, and they had like a long table. Okay. But it was kind of divided in two. Not physically divided, but like four people sat at this end and four people sat at that end. And there was a plexiwall glass. No. Or there was a... Plexiglass wall. wall. Yeah. There was a plexiglass wall in between them. No. Yeah. And I just wish that would change. I haven't seen one of those in yeah. ages. <laughs> yeah. I see them like every now and then at like a CVS, there'll be like a plexiglass like in front of, in between yeah. me and the, and the person at the register. Yeah. I think we could do away with them now, can't we? It's just like, don't stand so close. Like you were saying, like just respect space. That would be my, bi- if I could change one thing, that would be my biggest thing I want. I would just want more space <laughs> you've been that way before covid though it's but it's not even like it's not even specifically like a, a a disease thing it's just like yeah but if you're going to a bar like pietro's and it's packed not like, going i'm not going yeah, i don't go there i, I mean you, you can't get you can only get so much space in a crowded bar or restaurant he's though jeff's the asshole who like you're in line at this at wawa and like the line is moving and he's not moving because, well, why? Like, I'm still in my place in line. I'm going to get there. I'm not slowing anybody down. So the people behind him are like, well, Dude, the move. head start going like this. Yeah. They start like looking over. <laughs> like, how come the line didn't move? That person so, just checked out. Why didn't the line move? <laughs> so Jeff, I think, is just doing this to be like, I don't know. I think it's the craziest thing on the planet. Like, I have to move three inches every time someone checks out. How about I, this time I want to move six inches. I want to wait till one or two people check out. Then I want to like get... A full three feet of movement. Okay, let's move on to our top five. Let's yep. talk about this. I think my recommendation was was could have been used. We should have stuck to one sport. Okay, so it's top five worst professional sports teams logos. There's um, so many. Like I have, pl- I have five in each in each of the four majors. I I, uh, I was able. Yeah, to, there's a lot. There's a lot. But. I was able to break it down. But okay. Can I just say how many logos? are like the team name. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is the team name in so many logos? Because the teams aren't anything. Can I, I'll just go. Go ahead. The Washington Nationals. The Washington. Yeah, it just says like Nationals, right? What? What is a national? It's like a patriot, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. It's uh, just. Well, now, we, but I didn't know we were doing the name as well. Like I thought it was just the. Visual, Are you doing the name or the visual logo? The visual well, logo. The, the logo is the name. Is it's an N. Okay, so that's the logo. Yeah. Oh, it's a W. Okay. A w. It's Yeah. <laughs> it's an N. Why would it be an N? For nationals? Um, okay. So okay. I, I have the the nationals. I also have the wizards. The from, Washington also from, Wizards. Yes. Also from the basketball Washington's. team? Okay. From Washington. What's the Wizards logo? It's a basketball it's a- that's just like red, white, and blue. Oh, just really terrible. leaning into the <laughs> the terrible. capital of the country, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then I have the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And like, uh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's probably just because you hate the Cowboys. It's probably part of it. But it just feels like they're America's team and we get a blue star. Like, oh, yeah. I, I feel like there's not okay. enough behind it. It's just a blue star. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. It's just boring. It's terrible. Um, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, they were on my list. Dude, it's an orange helmet. And they're 
it, it could be brown. I know orange is in their uniform, but yeah. why not? Why is it orange? Doesn't make any sense. Why are they the Browns? Are there it's, any other? I think it's named after like Paul Brown or something, like the guy who, the original owner of the team or something like that. Okay, yeah, it's I'll a dumb logo. I'm with you on that. Um, and then the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Dude, when I did research for this, <laughs> I saw that, and I was blown away. Yeah. What? It's a, it's obviously a note. Yeah. It's the worst like logo I've ever note. seen. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Right, I'm looking like at fine. the Wizards now. That Yeah, that one's bad. That one's terrible. All right. I'll yeah, go, Mike. I guess. Again, lots to pick from. <clears throat> I'm starting off with the Golden State Warriors. The bridge? The bridge? Yeah, it's terrible. As far as I know, is not yellow. Correct? <laughs> it's, it's definitely it, not yellow. It's not yellow. It's no. not yellow. Um. Just a puzzling logo to me. I don't know. Um, the Baltimore Orioles. Hmm. Why, you say? It's a freaking cartoon. It's terrible. I mean, that's like... It's not even like... Single A, a baseball has like these kind of logos, like cartoon characters. It's not like animation from this century either. <laughs> it's like a, a, an animation from like 19, like 10. It's terrible. Yeah. I think that's part of the appeal, but okay. Well. It's terrible. Um, I am going with my next one. Where are they? The New York Giants. Just a NY, a, a lame <laughs> so NY. Dumb. I mean, we're talking about New York. You could come up with a million other symbols. NY? I think a lot of teams, like your, your point in the beginning, a lot of teams, it was just, they didn't try. There's nothing. Going through this exercise, it was obvious. They just stopped trying. Yeah. So my next one, next to last one, is the Washington Redskins. And I'm not calling them the commanders. And partially this logo is a the, – the old Redskins logo was great. Or it was good. Now it's just a W. It's just a First W. First of all, they obviously couldn't come up with a, a replacement name. <clears throat> and they slapped together a W for their – new logo it's just stupid similar to uh what you said earlier and then finally and this is a different little piece of logic here the oakland a's why because there's an apostrophe that's not even grammatically correct <laughs> what do you mean it's you don't have an apostrophe otherwise it would be as be the word as well, then find another logo because that's not how you use an apostrophe. Yeah, the apostrophe is incorrect. Yeah. You, the, you oh, because me? it's possessive. Yes. Yep, gotcha. You got it. Not plural. Not plural. Then it would be as. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, all right. getting getting wow. all grammatically correct yeah. on us. All right, so is it the Arizona Coyotes? It is. Have you seen their logo? Yeah. What? The, the hell is that? Oh, my God. It's goofy, right? Yeah. What is it? It's a little busy. <laughs> so the Arizona co- Coyotes is just a terrible I one. mean, yeah. Why is it all in, like, geometric shapes? It's bad. Um, God, I have so many. I don't even know where to go. I guess I will. Go. I mean, I think the Portland Trailblazers is terrible. I think it's time to update it. I don't know what it's been there forever. Yeah, it's just lines. Yeah, it's just lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a yin and a yang kind of lines. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't make that. any sense. 
Um, so many choose the St. Louis Cardinals. It's literally a cardinal, the bird, perched on a bat with the word cardinals underneath of it. It is? It's terrible, dude. I thought it was like just that. Oh, that, well, that could, that's just the. What are you looking at? He's SNL. looking at the SNL. STL. Uh, the the logo that. that's on their jersey yeah. is a is a bird okay, perched on I the back, which is one. just no, you're got right, you're right. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Um all right, so I got them, them. Uh there's so many. Like I'm not gonna pick one of these, but just to just so we could talk about it. Like the Packers, the Jets in San Francisco. They're all just their letters. Mm-hmm. The Packers is just a G. Mm-hmm. San Fran is an SF. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the Steelers logo? Isn't it the Those three? Diamonds? Where is it? What do they mean? Is it, It's the three, right? It's like a, 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 a yellow, a blue, and a red like diamond. Isn't Pittsburgh the city of three rivers or something? It is. Three River Stadium? Mm-hmm. Then why are there no rivers? I don't know if that's why. I'm just, I'm just Terrible. assuming just bad. three. Bad, 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 bad all around. Um, I hate to do this to them because I think I'm at. This is my fifth one. I think. I think the Phillies logo is terrible. Yeah, I, I. It's the Liberty Bell with the word Phillies in front of it. Are we? Are we? Are we serious? That's the best we can come up with. I'd rather just be the Rocky statue. Oh God, no. Yeah. I think the Phillies logo is terrible. You're not. It, it's not just the P, like the red P. That's if you look like on their hat. No, it's not. I mean, that's that's. I guess there's multiple kinds of logos. Yeah. yeah. But like when you Philly's logo, man, it's it's. If it was just a P that we were referring to, then yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. But that's not what I'm referring to. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm with you. I don't like that one. <laughs> this whole exercise, as I'm going through it, I'm just like, do they have zero like? Marketing department? You saw the process with Washington. Look at the outcome. How bad are they, though? They're terrible. Like, I don't love this logo, but the expansion team, I believe, was the Miami Heat, right? Okay. Like, so they had, they were a newer organization. Yeah. yeah. They were like, all right, we got to, and they weren't people from 1930 trying to think of a logo. There were people from like 2002 trying to think of, like, it's cool. Look like, at Oklahoma City Thunder, though. They're an expansion team and it's terrible. It just shows that they don't care. Yeah. I, all right, so yeah. we got to we got to run it back, and we got to do the top five good ones because there are good ones. Okay, but I think there's way more bad ones. <laughs> there is, just, no doubt. Yeah, that might be more difficult. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for oh, this will be our last pot of the year. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. See you next year. See ya.